Before we start the episode, I want to tell you about my new friends at Email Tool Tester. Let's face it, email is, well, a mess. But one company aims to become your email marketing buddy. Meet Email Tool Tester, the place to find reviews on the best email marketing services. What's special about Email Tool Tester is their extensive deliverability tests, so you can find out how your email marketing is performing in the market. So whether you're just starting out with email marketing or you're a pro, Email Tool Tester can help you step up your game. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or by visiting emailtooltester.com. Make sure that you don't get too emotionally attached with what you're building. You're definitely going to suffer confirmation bias. That's a really bad place to be when you're building product. I would, I would say make sure that you're asking for feedback for the right people. And the right people are not your partners or your spouse or your parents or your siblings. It's nobody who is actually emotionally invested in you because they're going to be biased on what they tell you and you can be blindsided. Make sure that you can detach yourself from what you're building and see it as just a product. It's just an idea. My name is Leonardo Shapiro and I'm the founder and CEO of Notelian. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. The company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today how Leonardo Shapiro is making it easier for you to move anywhere by streamlining immigration through technology. This episode is sponsored by Kiteworks. Legacy managed file transfer tools lack proper security, putting sensitive data at risk. With Kiteworks MFT, companies can send automated or ad hoc files in a fully integrated, highly secure manner. The solution is FedRAMP moderate authorized by the Department of Defense and has been so since 2017. Step into the future of secure managed file transfer with Kiteworks. Visit kiteworks.com to get started. This episode is sponsored by ClearQuery. ClearQuery is the Analytics for Humans platform. With their full suite of features, you can go from data ingestion to automated insights seamlessly. With Ask ClearQuery, you can find valuable insights into your data using plain English. Don't miss the opportunity to simplify your data analytics with ClearQuery. Get started today at clearquery.io slash codestory. Leonardo Shapiro is originally from Mexico City. His family was from Russia and Poland, but ended up being in Mexico City after being denied from the U.S. He is an outdoorsy person and loves to walk and hike. And in fact, he used to be a scuba diving instructor in college. He loves to spend time in spaces like the underwater. He's also a foodie and loves coffee and wine. For Leonardo, the immigration process into the U.S. was a very hard process. He went on the search for a product that would help make this process easier, and he couldn't find it. He wanted to fix this and provide something for his fellow not-aliens. 
This is the creation story of Not Alien. I was originally from Mexico City, and it took me 11 years to actually get my green card here in the U.S. It was, it was a really hard and complicated process. And uh, I used to call immigration pretty often to ask for a case status. And every time I called, they would ask me for my alien registration number. And every time they asked me for that, and maybe this is why it took me so long, I used to answer, I'm not an alien, I'm a human, right? So maybe the official didn't think that was funny. And he just like decided just to punish me a little bit for that. It's such a complicated process. And, and when I recently left my job and I wanted to think about what I wanted to do next, immigration engineering, if that's a thing, it's been something that it's been in my head for the last 11 years. And at some point I was like, there has to be a product that somebody already invented to help you move to another country. I spent hours and I couldn't find it. So just got together with a couple of friends and we got a webpage up saying, we help you move to another country. The demand that we got from that was like over, completely overwhelming. Then started thinking about this product doesn't exist, how we should look. So for the last, I think, four months, I've spent my time speaking with fellow not-aliens from all around the world, asking them, what do you want? What are you looking for? And that's the inception of the company. Let's dive into the MVP then. So that first version of the product you built, how long did it take you to build and what sort of tools were used to bring it to life? Here's a secret, Noah, that a lot of people don't know. And I think this is probably going to make sense. Everybody thinks that, and especially here in the U.S., that everybody wants to come to the U.S. That is like the perfect country of destination. What we found is that 51% of the people, and this is a 900 million person market, it's huge. Right? So 51% of the people don't know where they want to go. They know that they're not happy in their country of origin or where they're living right now. And they're looking for another opportunity, but they don't know where they want to go. This information is somewhere, right? You can look in the internet and, and you're going to find all this information. So fragmented and so complicated and so convoluted and so not clear that I'm just spending hours just trying to identify this. And it was like, is there a way that I can assess my eligibility like easy? That's how we started with the MVP was like, is, is there a way that we can get all the immigration programs from all the world and put them in a system where within some sort of a survey or interview, you would be able to assess your eligibility to move anywhere in the world. We, we had a really interesting discussion about design because as you can imagine, the obvious choice for this was, hey, let's just build a chatbot that is interviewing you and asking you all these questions. We decided to go against that and we decided to do something different. And we thought that when you're thinking about this, it has to be like a very specific and a very rich trust experience. And we determined to try to build this really graphically and making a really nice and really comfortable user experience. So we ended up creating a very long survey that has yes or no questions, which are really easy to answer. But it has a lot of visual elements around it that is making you feel comfortable. 
as a, as a product person, as a product team, we're really trying to assess if we wanted to build this like super fast and super you know funky and just make sure that we can get it. But in this particular case, we thought that making the user feel comfortable was such an important part of the experience that we decided to go all in on design while we were making that assumption. You kind of answered this at a high level for me, but I want to dive into a few decisions and trade-offs you had to make in that original product. Like, you know, maybe it's tech debt or approach or feature limitation or, or something else that I'm not even aware of. But tell me about some of those you had to work through and how you coped with those decisions. Assessing your eligibility to, to apply to a particular program, it's a really quantitative analysis. It means that you have to be between X age and Y age range and means that you have to have X sort of nationalities or you might have to be working in certain particular fields. The, the question there is how, how do we make this as frictionless as possible and how do we create better environment where the user will feel comfortable disclosing a lot of personal information into a total system stranger. We experimented with a bunch of tools. As you can imagine, Genetive AI was on the front line of this, where we were trying to see, maybe we can build a model that we can feed your information and the model can speed up the eligibility there. We ended up going with a search engine and building our own. We also thought that speed of, of answering was, was super important and we, we ended up deciding to go with that technology because it felt that it was the better option and the cheapest option for us to actually test what we wanted to build. This episode is sponsored by Cashfly. The web is a competitive place and if your site delivers its content pixelated, slow, or not at all, well, then you lose. But that's where Cashfly comes in. Cashfly delivers rich media content up to 159% faster than other major CDNs. Through ultra-low latency streaming, lightning-fast gaming, and optimized mobile content, the company offers a variety of benefits. For over 20 years, Cashfly has held a track record for high-performing, ultra-reliable content delivery. While competitors call themselves fast or use cute animal names, only Cashfly holds the record of being the fastest and serves customers like Adobe, the NFL, or Roblox, where content is created by users and must be delivered in real time. For the first time ever, Code Story listeners can get a 5-terabyte CDN for free. Yep, you heard that right. Free. Learn more at cashfly.com slash codestory. That's C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com slash codestory. This episode is sponsored by KiteWorks. Legacy managed file transfer tools are dated and lack the security that today's remote workforce demands. Companies that continue relying on outdated technology put their sensitive data at risk. And that's where KiteWorks comes in. KiteWorks MFT is absolutely the most secure MFT on the market today. It has been FedRAMP moderate authorized by the Department of Defense since 2017. Through FedRAMP, KiteWorks level of security compliance provides a fast route to CMMC compliance, saving customers time, effort, and money. KiteWorks MFT makes it easy for users to send automated or ad hoc files via fully integrated shared folders and email. Administrators can manage policies in a unified console and create custom integrations using their API. Did we mention it's secure? The level of security with KiteWorks solution is rare to find. Step into the future of secure managed file transfer with KiteWorks. Visit KiteWorks.com to get started. 
That's K-I-T-E-W-O-R-K-S dot com. So from that point, how did you progress the product and mature it? I think to wrap that question in a box, how are you going about building your roadmap? And what do you do to decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Not Alien? This is one of those products where you might have a hypothesis, but we get surprised every time that we get feedback from customers. The very beginning, we were like, okay, this is a very transactional product, right? You just give us information and we tell you you should be able to move there and we start through the process. And I think what we found is that this is such a complicated decision and there's so many moving steps that what customers are actually asking us is to, hey, hold my hand from the very top of the funnel all the way till I go through the process. To try to illustrate this a little bit more was, okay, so let's just make sure that the experience is gonna look like following. You take the survey, you assess the eligibility, we take you to an interview, we understand a little bit more about who you are, and then we pair you with a lawyer who's gonna help you go through the process. And this is how we originally thought the company was going to look like. As we started exposing this to more and more customers, it was really clear that it was not the right thing to do. And the right thing to do was, hey, really understand who I am. Once I understand that this has a million steps that need to be taken in order for me to be able to apply for these programs. Project manage my experience where take me through all the different steps, create this some sort of like a Trello board where I see all the things that I have pending and how those things are progressing. And at the end, now that you know so much about me and that you know where I can go and you have collected all the different tasks, hey, why don't you just file for me as well? Then at the end, we discovered a whole new business that we had not even started to assess, which was, okay, now I move to another country and now what? Right? Where do I go? Where do I put my kids in school? How do I open a bank account? How do I get my first mortgage? Makes, makes sense from the name, but you land this in an alien world where everything is different from where you're coming from. And you need to start rediscovering everything. We've been really trying to get closer to our users and really understand what the job to be done is here and really try to simplify as much as we can, because as you can imagine, this eventually will be a very large tech stack all working together. And, and from the decision of how do you make this an MVP and how do you start validating that you're doing the right things, it, it's definitely been something interesting and challenging. I hear you saying we. Look, tell me about how you went about building your team and what you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you. I've been doing this for, in this meaning, I've been a tech entrepreneur for a few years now. And in every single company that I've worked, where I started, there's always one or two people who I would really connect at a deeper level. And I, I keep a list and I actually say, okay, this is the person that I will actually invite to my next company. I'm working with people who I've met seven years ago, five years ago, since starting a new company or building a new project or building a new product is something that is always on my mind. I keep this list and it's been pretty handy. I look for certain things, I guess, in my team. 
So the first one is whoever had an opportunity to work in a high-performance team, you know how you start reading other people's minds and there's this kind of a hidden language somewhere there where you don't have to express a lot of things that you need to do for them to get done because you already know each other so well. That kind of gives us the speed and the ability to really move without actually having to create all the different needs that you would actually, all the different artifacts that you would need to when you're creating a product that eventually slows you down. And I think the second one is I wanted everybody to share the same passion for what I'm trying to do here. That I wanted everybody who is the core team to be also an immigrant because if you've never done this before and you've never been in this situation where it's so complicated and so different if you don't feel the pain of the user, it's so hard to actually build the startup user experience that we're trying to build here. Hello, welcome to the Data Analytics Club. Do you know the password? No, I didn't know there was one. Do you know how to code? Uh, no. Do you know how to query data? Like, ask a question? I guess not. Hmm, I see. Then you can't be in this club. Sorry, goodbye. Don't be left out of the Analytics Club. ClearQuery is the Analytics for Humans platform. With their full suite of features, you can go from data ingestion to automated insights seamlessly. ClearQuery provides you with the information you need without requiring you to do the heavy lifting. Their Ask ClearQuery feature allows you to ask questions in plain English, helping you find relationships and connections in your data that may have previously gone unnoticed. You can even visualize your data with presentation mode, taking your data storytelling to the next level. Pricing is based on storage, not licenses, and that ensures that you get the most bang for your buck. Don't miss the opportunity to simplify data analytics, your data analytics, with ClearQuery. Get started today at clearquery.io slash codestory. This episode is sponsored by Cashfly. The web is a competitive place, and if your site delivers its content pixelated, slow, or not at all, well, then you lose. But that's where Cashfly comes in. Cashfly delivers rich media content up to 159% faster than other major CDNs. Through ultra-low latency streaming, lightning-fast gaming, and optimized mobile content, the company offers a variety of benefits. For over 20 years, Cashfly has held a track record for high-performing, ultra-reliable content delivery. While competitors call themselves fast or use cute animal names, only Cashfly holds the record of being the fastest and serves customers like Adobe, the NFL, or Roblox, where content is created by users and must be delivered in real time. For the first time ever, Code Story listeners can get a 5-terabyte CDN for free. Yep, you heard that right, free. Learn more at cashfly.com slash codestory. That's C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com slash codestory. So let's talk about scalability. Um, how have you approached scalability in building this? Was it built to scale efficiently from day one or with scale in mind? Or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction in any sort of capacity? I think we're barely starting to understand what the size of this thing will eventually be. When you're trying to build something for, and again, I think this is a particular service that it's world scale. Right? Every potential person in planet Earth is, is a potential user for this. The design decisions that you're starting to take from early stage can be really consequential. We've always been really careful to try to make sure that if we're going to make the technological decision about implementing something, 
is something that we believe that eventually scale, unless we would know that this is disposable code. And this is something that we are just thinking that eventually will go in a different direction. We're believers in open source, so we try to stay away from commercial products that hinder your growth. We really want to stay in, in a position where we control most of that and we have access to everything that we need and we can create our own versions. But at the same time, we're really practical in order to try to make sure that we can build fast and, and learn as, as, as we go. I think we also try to stay away from the shiny objects that we know that it's really cool to be playing with, but at some point it's just going to be such a drag to maintain and to scale. So as you step out on the balcony, you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? As a, as a product person, you really want to people see use what you're building. And you really want to see that people appreciate what, you, what, what you're building and, and they're getting some value of it. We didn't know what the metric was. We still don't know precisely maybe what the right metric for this is. Normally, at least in my case, when you're building product, you're really trying to reduce the friction in everything you're trying to do. And I think in this particular case, we, we've done it the opposite. We started with really little friction because we needed to capture really important information from the users. And we started adding more friction and more friction and more friction to try to see if at some point our usage will drop off. And I think what we build right now is something that people really want. And we have 80% completion of our really long surveys and people spend a lot of time you know, engaging with our product. And when we ask them and when we show and when we sit with them and we interview them, we're getting, this is exactly what I was looking for. How do you take something where the information is widely available, but it's so confusing? And how do you productize it in a way where with little effort, you can get too much value? And I think this is what we're most proud of right now, where you know people tell us, I used to spend 100 hours you know, looking for this information in Google or Reddit or ChatGPT or whatever it is. And now I found that in NotAlien, I can get this in six to seven minutes. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. Early beginning of this, the obvious answer was generative AI, right? And it was like, okay, so we definitely have to have really foundational model build. So we tested pretty much every single LLM engine from open AI things to more open source models. And we've spent so much time and so much energy in order just to try to make that work because it was a hype thing to do. And it was like, hey, everyone's going to expect us to have a large language model behind this. At some point, our main engineer, chief technology officer was like, I think we're overcomplicating things and we should definitely try to take a simpler approach with a less complicated solution. We can probably bring the same amount of value and uh, yeah, something that we've spent like probably a month working on, it was resolved in three days by just using the right technology, not the cool technology. What does the future look like for not alien the product and for your team? If you ask somebody, what do you think about immigration? I think the first thing that will pop into their mind these caravans of people coming from 
Central America and crossing through Mexico and trying to storm the U.S. border. Or these unfortunate scenes that we've seen of migrants getting into boats and sinking into the Mediterranean. Immigration is, it's been such a part of human history. We're all here because we're all born in Central Africa and, and we all moved chasing new opportunities. When you think about what you can do with the technology that we have right now and, and how do you can facilitate the process of matching a person with a country. But there's not a lot of liquidity in this marketplace and this is what makes it like so complicated. So we do imagine a future where if you're anywhere in the world and you say, I want to look for a new home, you'll come to Noralien, you'll tell us who you are, what are you looking for, what are your passion, and we will find a country that is looking for somebody like you and will actually make sure that liquidity happens on the marketplace. Let's switch to you, Leonardo. Who, who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. Such an important figure in my life was my grandfather. He was a really small kid when he left Russia in the 1920s. He used to tell us this story where they got in a boat and they were coming to America, whatever America was for them. He and other people were, were held in Ellis Island for a few days. And at some point they told them that they would not be able to let them in. And they ended up going sailing south to Mexico. He was somebody who all the time mentioned how important family was and how everything that you do in life has to resemble and how to go around the concept of family and how much they struggled financially and physically in order to actually make a life in a country where they had to leave Russia with no money and no anything. And they came to a country where they didn't speak the language and so forth and how they do that and how they persevered, how they persevered, how he persevered and how he really worked into this and made a life and, and, and made a family and gave us all these opportunities. So that's the hero story of any immigrant. And he's always been such an important driving force in my life. I just want to, to make sure that whatever he taught me, I can actually amplify and can make it available to everybody who wants to find a new home. So we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different or where would you consider taking a different approach? It didn't have to be something that, you know, didn't work. It could have worked really well, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit. I'm somebody who, because of how I am, I tend to be an optimist. And uh, I think lots of the mistakes that I've done in my life are uh, related to me trying to not actually see how things really are. And I think one of the best advice that I ever got from one of my mentors was if you flip the script and instead of actually trying to use data to convince that you're right, you use data to convince that you're wrong. It really changes the narrative, right? Because a lot of the mistakes that I've done in my life were because I was not able to actually see that what I was building or the things that I, were, I, I was working on, they didn't have any chance, to, any chance of success. So I changed my narrative and I would have done that really differently before. Now assuming that all the hypotheses that I have around the, the product that I'm building are wrong and they're going to fail. If I only see really convincing data that I'm actually wrong and the hypothesis that I had was actually right, I keep going. 
And if not, I iterate it and I change it a lot. So I've spent so much time in my life working with things that didn't make any sense, but I was just like, you know, hanging there and really trying to see if an act of God could actually come and change, you know, certain metrics, certain unique economics, a certain something that would actually make the business visible. I think that's, that's something that I would definitely change from how I approach building products. Leonardo, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world and can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? Make sure that you don't get too emotionally attached with what you're building. When you get too emotionally attached, you definitely going to suffer confirmation bias. And that's a really bad place to be when you're building product. I would, I would say, make sure that you're asking for feedback for the right people. And the right people are not your partners or your spouse or your parents or your siblings. It's nobody who is actually emotionally invested in you because they're going to be biased on what they tell you and you can be blindsided. Make sure that you can detach yourself what you're building and see it as just a product it's just an idea make sure that you don't judge yourself and i think if you get to do all that and you see what the, what you're building is just that it's just a product it's just an idea it will actually give you the leeway and the wisdom to at some point said this thing is not working and i'm just going to spend my time doing something else that's great advice well leonardo thank you for being on the show today thank you for telling the creation story of not alien thank you for having me And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.